With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the American Occupational Therapy Association's Pediatric Virtual Chat. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Sandy Shefkin. I am the AOTA Pediatric Program Manager, and I'll be the moderator for this call. This chat, led by content experts, reviews a specific topic that has relevance for pediatric occupational therapy. This call is recorded and posted in a repository found at the AOTA site. Our speakers will respond to some frequently asked questions about our topic today with the hopes of advancing pediatric practice. We hope that you'll share the link to this chat and continue the dialogue on OT connections. Today, we will be discussing the word gap and an app for the word gap. I'd like to introduce our speakers and thank them so much for facilitating our discussion today. We have Dr. Ann Zachary. She's an assistant professor and chair of the Department of Occupational Therapy at the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. Dr. Zachary's blog, Pediatric Occupational Therapy Tips, provides tips and suggestions for teachers, therapists, and parents on fine motor skill development and sensory processing skills. The site has had over 1.7 million site visits since its inception. Her parenting book, Retro Baby, was published by the American Academy of Pediatrics in 2013 and was awarded the Benjamin Franklin Gold Medal Book Award. Dr. Zachary was recently awarded a grant in which occupational therapists and occupational therapy students are providing free developmental screenings to underserved infants and young children in her community and she lives in Memphis, Tennessee. Our other speaker today is Amy Ketchum. She's a pediatric occupational therapist practicing in the neonatal intensive care unit and pediatric outpatient center at the Heart of Lancaster Hospital. She's also certified in newborn massage and instructing yoga to children with special needs. Ketchum is the owner and operator of Amy's Babies, LLC, a child development company. Through Amy's Babies, Ketchum has published three DVDs and nine apps, which have been featured on the Rachel Ray Show and the iPhone Essentials magazine. Amy is one of the five finalists in the National Word Gap Challenge through the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. She will compete against four other large organizations and universities in May 2017 in the finals of the Word Gap Challenge with her Word Gap app to teach literacy to young children. She has been working in pediatrics for 18 years, and she's currently pursuing her doctorate at Philadelphia University. Amy lives in Littitz, Pennsylvania, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, with her husband and two daughters, and she enjoys running marathons and half marathons and directing elementary school musicals in her spare time. So we're very honored and lucky to have such an esteemed 
um, panel of speakers to help us to understand more about the word gap and literacy and occupational therapy's role. And Amy, we'd love for you to get us started. Can you explain for us a little bit about really what is the word gap? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. So um, studies show that during the first three years of life, a child of lower economic status hears roughly 30 million fewer words than their more affluent peers. Because 85% of a child's brain is developed by age three, not hearing words spoken to them by their parents during this critical developmental period puts these children at a huge disadvantage. This has been termed the word gap. The word gap does not only affect low-income families. Really, everyone needs to be aware of the word gap. Some parents are just not talkative or they don't realize that babies are listening and learning even though the babies can't talk. Many babies spend their early formative years in daycares or with grandparents who may not talk and interact with the babies for a number of reasons. So Amy, can you help us to explain, so what is the word gap challenge? Sure. So during the 2014 White House Summit on Working Families, President Barack Obama issued a call to action for the United States Department of Health and Human Services to use technology and innovation to bridge the word gap. In response to this call, the Department of Health instituted the word gap challenge inviting the private sector to submit proposals to use technology to bridge the word gap. So can you tell us about the apps that you helped to develop? Yes, the word gap app um, is the app that I developed, and it uses over 200 short video clips to demonstrate positive interactions between babies and caregivers. It provides education, examples, and strategies to manage the stress of being a new parent. The app offers an index of resources for parents, such as links to apply for SNAP or food stamps, deep breathing techniques, and tips on asking for help. It also has a database of over 100 nursery rhymes and 10 original songs for parents to use with their children. It provides information about speech and language milestones so parents know if their child is on track. The entire app is built on a point system, so users can accumulate points for watching videos and track their use and new learning every week. The app is very simple to use, it's completely free, and it is in both English and Spanish languages. So is it true, Amy, that through the gap and through um, providing this repository of words and trying to promote the literacy, it's also helping to connect um, developing words and literacy to occupations, everyday routines, and everyday activities. Is that, is that true? Absolutely. I think most parents would agree that we sort of get in a routine and we'll just dress our child, put them in the car, without often talking about what we're doing. Um, so it just really reminds parents the importance of narrating what we're doing, interacting with the child, asking questions, getting them to think and talk back all day long. So it's using our everyday activities as occupational opportunities for enriching literacy and enriching language as either the caregiver or the child narrates these experiences and helps to 
increase their um, um, word knowledge and thereby reducing the word gap. Exactly. A child's vocabulary comes directly from their parents' or caregivers' vocabulary. So the more words we introduce them to early on, the larger their vocabulary, which translates into better reading, higher literacy skills, and overall increase in academics once they get into school. Great. Thank you so much for explaining this exciting app and, um, and helping us understand uh, the idea of a word gap and how this app might help to uh, reduce that gap. So how did you hear about the word gap challenge? What made you decide to enter this, this um, competition? The Health Resources and Services Administration, which is a subcommittee of the United States Department of Health and Human Services, actually tweeted about the word gap challenge. Um, so I saw the tweet and decided to write a proposal to create a word gap app. Through Amy's Babies, I have eight other apps that have had over 10,000 downloads worldwide. And so I know that apps work to educate parents about child development. And I thought I could use that as a platform to disseminate this critical information to parents. I know video clips are effective because that is the foundation of all of my other apps. I have anecdotal evidence from parent reports, and I also have research on the positive effects of video modeling that proves that this is an effective means of providing education to parents. So it sounds like, Amy, you used um, uh, evidence to support um, your hypothesis that this type of app would, would help. But I also just wanted to point out about your, your own leadership um, initiative and capacity. You saw yourself as a potential change agent. You um, recognized the um, uh, association and uh, connection to occupation and to your profession and to yourself of thinking that this um, opportunity, this competition would apply to you and your work and, and, and thereby benefiting others. And I really think that is such a, a wonderful um, example of um, your leadership, and we all thank you on behalf of all of us for showing that type of initiative um, and um, trying to help others and thinking of uh, how we do that for one child, but how we could do that um, at a systemic or, you know, big change uh, systems-wide level. So uh, it's really exciting to hear what you're doing. Uh, I understand that you actually have a professional football player on your app, and I was wondering if you could tell all of us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is sort of a, a fun part of the app, I think. Um, so, yeah, Patrick Chung from the New England Patriots actually does the intro on my app. Um, so one day as I was creating the app, I was working with a young dad who had actually lost custody of his four-month-old son and was trying to regain custody of his son. And I suggested that he read to his son, and he told me that that was mom's job. So a light went off. I realized that I needed to reach young dads who had this preconceived notion that men can't read or sing or talk to their babies, that that was something that only mom was supposed to do. So I decided I needed a role model. So I researched football players um, looking on the East Coast where I live, and I identified Patrick Chung because in addition to having a young son himself, he has a children's charity, and both of his parents are musicians. 
So I knew that he would understand the benefits of the WordGap app, and he did. Um, so after I bugged the vice president of media relations for the New England Patriots quite a bit, he agreed to show my proposal to Patrick. And just as I thought he would, Patrick agreed to do it immediately. So I went to Boston and filmed his intro where he tells dads that he regularly reads to his son and it's the best thing he can do for his child. And I think it really makes an impact on new dads. I feel like if a Super Bowl champion can read and sing to his baby, then anybody can. So would I be correct in saying, Amy, also that it's really actually connecting this, this occupation of play and engagement um, and participation and that the reading and the singing and the talking are all methods for for this engagement and this participation because it's it's developmentally appropriate and um, it's uh, it's it's connecting through using all of our senses and it's very occupationally based. Yeah, you could absolutely say that. Um, I, I've always, as a parent myself, I've always felt like when parents know better, we do better. And just that little bit of information that, that is such a critical component that we, you know, continually talk, read, sing, interact with our child throughout the day, throughout all of the, you know, purposeful activity, whether it's, you know, sitting down, putting together a puzzle or just strapping your child into a car seat, um, that we're helping to build those important brain cells. Well, what a, what, a, what a great champion this Patrick Chung can be for a really important yeah. uh, and, and a great um, uh, role model um, as he uh, might, might, may be doing, you know, rough and tumble things uh, on the field, <laughs> but he can still be gentle and, and, and very um, relationship building with his young son. And thank right. you for sharing that. It's wonderful. Right. Can you talk about some of the AOTA resources about the word gap that are available, and uh, and also talk a little bit about occupational therapy, um, and and its role in this. Yeah, I was um, kind of surprised to see that um, now that we're down to the final five in this word gap challenge, <clears throat> and I was able to meet all the other people who were in the top ten, that I'm the only occupational therapist in the competition. The other finalists are professors, neonatologists, there's some engineers, some researchers, and I really think that being an occupational therapist gave me an edge because, number one, I do work very closely and very hands-on with the target population of the app. Um, I'm very hands-on with the children that my app will serve, so I was able to create the app knowing exactly what they need. And also, number two, as, a, as an occupational therapist, I, I look at the whole person. Um, I was the only one in the contest who really addressed parent stress as a, as a big, important component in the work gap. And my app provides um, an intervention strategy that includes this critical component. So with, with a lot of help from Anne, from Dr. Zachary, of course, um, we put together this component of the app that addresses this parental stress. Um, <clears throat> the AOTA has a lot of resources for treatment of developmental delay, early literacy, postpartum depression, um, management of toxic stress through, through peer-reviewed peer articles, um, research in the AJOT, 
There's AOTA toolkits, articles in OT practice, and resources on the AOTA website. The AOTA Establishing Routine Tips Sheets uh, provided me with some ideas for integrating conversation into everyday activities for my video clips that I actually use in my app. Um, the AOTA has also been very supportive in helping me spread the word about the Word Gap app. Uh, also, they ran two short articles in the OT Practice Magazine about the Word Gap app and the Word Gap Challenge. And because Ann and I are on the Early Childhood Community of Practice work group, I've had the opportunity to collaborate with some of my cohorts in the work group about the research I'm doing on the Word Gap app itself. Well, that, that's wonderful to hear about all these connections. That, that, every, that establishing routines tip sheet is also referred to as our Early Childhood um, uh, Occupations Toolkit. So that is available on the AOTA website. If you go to our home page and you uh, click on Practice, and then um, uh, there's a drop-down, and then there's uh, Pediatrics. And from there, there's an Early Childhood link, and that will take you to that um, Occupations Toolkit that reviews tips for families on establishing daily routines and obviously um, uh, reducing that word gap through engagement in these uh, routines and, and, as Amy talked about, narrating um, uh, th these experiences and talking and singing and playing um, would be really key to um, that. So that's wonderful to hear. Thank you, Amy. Um, and and our other half of our speaker today, <laughs> Anne, well, finally, we yeah. get to hear from you. Um, we're hearing a lot from Amy about the word gap. She is, um, we, she's talking about the evidence that supports um, uh, the, this effort, and I was wondering if you could t dive a little deeper to that. What, what does the evidence tell us, and how is it supportive of this effort that Amy is launching? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'm happy to talk about the evidence. When Amy reached out to me, we were she was in the midst of working on the app, and she was just wanting to brainstorm and see what the evidence said. And when we found that when infants and young children grow up in poverty, they experience extreme limitations as far as the number of words that they hear and the quality of conversation that they are exposed to during the first three years of life. So this paucity of language exposure in the early years leads to poor educational outcomes in the future. The research tells us that these children do not do as well in school when they're not exposed to language early on. And poverty is also um, leads to increased parental stress, which was a key part that was not addressed in any of the other co competitors, um, did not look at parental stress, and that negatively impacts parenting practices. So parents, an, a parent's occupation is to take care of their child, and if they are so consumed with dealing with stressful situations, who's going to put food on the table, where is the next meal coming from, they can't engage in those occupations to their fullest. So. Um, research suggests that positive parenting pra practices mediate the effects of chronic poverty on the language abilities of children. So that's where OT can come into the picture and empower these parents 
with these um, skills to educate their children. And it's just basic, simple things to do on a daily basis, like Amy has already shared, just communicating and talking to your baby. Underserved families also face a number of barriers to attending parent education and support programs, so they have a difficult time getting transportation to a support program. They might have to work or they might not have childcare. But a low-income family can have access to information through technology. It's so readily available. Then we also dug a little deeper and looked at video modeling in the evidence, and it is definitely an evidence-based practice which has been proven effective in providing education and changing behaviors in individuals with autism and intellectual disabilities. So we thought, well, let's carry this over to parenting practices. So I'm just really pleased to to be able to be involved even just a little bit in helping Amy gather the evidence because the Word Gap app does provide evidence-based parental education and it promotes language development through the use of short video clips because it demonstrates those healthy interactions between a child and a caregiver and it's reducing stress and, and providing stress management resources for parents so that they can engage, engage in the occupation of parenting. That's wonderful, Anne. Thank you so much for uh, leading us through some of the supportive evidence. I wanted to mention that on the AOTA website, we have a school mental health toolkit, um, uh, and that's available to um, to everyone. It's it's not a member-only resource, so it, it's, it's available. And um, within it, they have many different um, sheets, uh, information sheets, one on trauma and one on foster care. In fact, the foster care one just came out actually last week. And so um, I think the connection between uh, these um, extreme uh, poverty experiences or, or uh, 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 other experiences that may be uh, compromised social, economic, or um, a supportive environments and, and experiences um, the um, ACE study on um, adverse childhood experiences, um, and again, some of this is reviewed in the trauma and foster care documents, really could speak to um, the uh, potential uh, limits in language, um, uh, rich, uh, sensory rich, um, or socially um, supportive um, um, experiences for, for young children and, and or families. So I, I encourage our listeners to look at those materials on the AOTA website, and they also have um, supportive evidence um, and references, citations built into those documents, and they may be helpful in terms of looking at some of the mental health um, components of language development and um, about feeling supported and attentive and um, and, uh, and and the relationship building that occurs in literacy. Uh, so uh encourage everyone to, to go to that, and, um, uh, and thank you, Anne, again, for leading us through that. Um, we'd like to uh, talk a little bit about some, what are some of the takeaways, what should occupational therapy practitioners take from what they're hearing today, um, and what can they do with this information? And Anne, I wanted to know if you could start us out with that. What, what are some takeaways for occupational therapy practitioners from what we've heard today about literacy, occupational therapy's role, and uh, the word gap? 
Absolutely. I, I truly believe that occupational therapy practitioners have a responsibility to use everyday opportunities to educate parents about the importance of interacting with their babies to build a strong language and communication foundation. So as we're doing therapy for sensory skills or developmental skills or motor skills, we should also be talking to the child constantly, encouraging them to talk back answering questions, using words to encourage spatial skills and early literacy skills. And this is, is modeling those um, actions for the parents so when they see us do it, they can see how easy it is. We need to set that example uh, by talking to the child and then encourage the parents to do the same. That's wonderful. I wanted to also mention that there are many prominent organizations and foundations that are also helping to highlight the importance of early literacy. The Too Small to Fail is a joint initiative of the Clinton Foundation and the Opportunity Institute, and they're leading a public awareness and action campaign called Talking is Teaching, Talk, Read, and Sing. And that's being um, offered to promote awareness about the importance of children's early brain and language development and to provide parents and caregivers with resources. And you can visit their website at www.twosmall.org. And also the American Academy of Pediatrics has been doing a lot on trying to support early literacy. They offer a Books Build Connections Toolkit, and they have devoted an area of their website with supporting evidence about early literacy and many other resources. So I encourage you to Google that um, so that you can find that information from the American Academy of Pediatrics. And I'd like to mention that AOTA is also trying to do their part. We want to highlight the relationship between occupations and literacy and how we can contribute to um, the building of uh, language-rich uh, occupational performance and to reduce that word gap. So literacy skills are built through daily life engagement everywhere and contextually, every place and every setting and, and every situation, at schools, on playgrounds, and during all daily routines. Occupational therapy practitioners help to modify the environments and the activities and build the family skills so they can participate fully in their communities for both mental and physical health. And so in addition to sponsoring this important chat that you're hearing today, AOTA recently developed a literacy area of our website. I encourage you to go there. It is www.aota.org slash practice slash children hyphen youth slash literacy dot ASPX. But you could probably just Google search it when you come to the AOTA website, www.aota.org, and, and put in, in, the, in the search engine, just put in literacy, and I believe it will come up. I also wanted to just mention to our listeners that we recently launched two literacy communities of practice, which meet groups of occupational therapy practitioners from around the country, meet regularly through teleconferencing, so that they can share resources and build their skills about literacy and occupational performance and build their identity, share their learning, and, um, and, and, and team together as a community. And uh, you can learn more about that if you go to www.aota.org slash practice slash children hyphen youth 
slash pediatric workgroups, all one word, dot ASPX. So uh, really a lot of exciting work being done. And uh, Amy and Anne, your, both of your work are so uh, contributory and um, really exemplary in terms of helping us to uh, understand our role in literacy and early literacy and occupational performance. So um, I was wondering, Anne, if you can help us, um, are there some action steps that you can suggest for our listeners, for our practitioners today? Sure. As I said, we definitely need to set an example um, when working with families by talking to the child and encouraging parents to talk to the children or child. Sometimes a little bit of simple education is all that's needed. So you can tell parents, did you know that your baby is actually listening to you and taking in everything you say from the day she is born? Studies show that she understands the pause and flow of conversations by three weeks of age, and her brain is developing, 85% developed by age three. And parents can help this development by simply talking, reading, and singing to the baby as often as they can. Also, thanks, Anne. I totally agree. And practitioners can also tell other medical professionals and families about the Word Gap app, and they can download it for free. Well, this has been such a wonderful and rich conversation. I don't know if there's anything else that either of you would want to share or a little story or vignette or any other information that came to mind as we were having this discussion today. I think that this has been such an important conversation, and it's really an honor to help get the word out um, about the Word Gap app and the importance of trying to promote early literacy and, um, and, and, and to really highlight uh, both of your work. Um, I, I don't want to put either of you on the spot, Anne or Amy, if there's anything else that you wanted to share. Um, well, I'll just say, this is Anne, that I am thrilled to um, be working alongside Amy. This is a huge accomplishment for her to have made it this far in the competition, and it's and she doesn't charge anything for the word gap. It's free, so it's just because she's truly invested in this cause and making a difference. And I think as occupational therapy practitioners, we should all really be proud of her and, as she said, help spread the word about the app because every parent that, that gets their hands on it, it, it's going to be beneficial to the family. Thank you, Ann. I appreciate that. It's a true labor of love. <laughs> I can say that for sure. Well, you really are a leader, Amy, and Anne, you are as well, and it's just wonderful to hear more about this, and the least we can do is to, to highlight it, and um, we hope that you will download this um, uh, link to this, this chat, this recording, and share it freely through your networks because um, share it in classes of occupational therapy, of, of course, work, and, um, and to others. And it really um, is just wonderful to hear, to hear more about it and exciting to hear that there, it may continue um, to, through the competition even further. So uh, we want to wish uh, Amy all the best within this competition, and we wanna, we'll be very eager to hear what happens at the next stage. And, and congratulations on everything that's been accomplished thus far, and um, 
and thank you very much and and thank the, our listeners today for joining us. We really had a rich conversation today. Um, we'll be having our next pediatric virtual chat will be held um, on uh, in late April. Uh, we'll be talking about caring for the caregiver. And I think that actually what we talked about today about parental stress and about um, promoting uh, the mental and physical health of both the of both the caregiver and the child, I think speaks very well to this. And this is in honor of upcoming Children's Mental Health Awareness Day, which is in early May. So this is why we uh, want to focus on this in time for that that day. It's a SAMHSA-sponsored day in, in early May. So uh, we hope you'll listen to that next chat coming up and look forward to it. And um, again, I want to thank those listeners And I want to thank our two speakers so much for sharing information with us today. So thanks again, and I guess it's so long for now. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.